Hello, everybody. You're listening to Action Line on KNY on this very sunny Juno day outside. I am your host, Jordan Lewis, and joining me over the phone today, because I know you are at the Southeast Conference, is current Assembly member and election candidate, Alicia Huskandis. How are you doing today? Great. Good morning. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing pretty good today. I'm enjoying the sun that's outside, and I am... You know, I'm looking forward to getting out uh, getting out of the office for a little while once we finish up today. Well, we got beautiful sun here, too, in Sitka, so very glad to not be missing it. Did you know that uh, Juno is the second best youth job market in the U.S.? Just found that out. Huh, I did not know that, although I do have the Southeast Conference packet in my office, so I can look through that data. Now, oh, as... Good stuff. As this is a candidate interview, I do have a set of standardized questions for you, and I think we'll start with really the big one that I've been starting with every candidate about is really looking at the issue of housing. Now, I know that's not a Juno-exclusive issue, but it is a a very big topic that I've been talking with all the candidates about. I believe one candidate even described it as a housing crisis. And so if you were to be, in this case, reelected to the Assembly, how would you help tackle the the housing issues that Juno was facing? Yeah, housing is... For me, my number one priority, that's one of, I mean, it's at the top of the list. It helped motivate me to run. Um, we just talked about housing last night in the Lands uh, Housing and Economic Development Committee, uh, which I chair, and we got a great roundup that I think gives you all the sort of signs of what we're doing and what we need to do. And I feel like we're on a pretty good track. To, we need to build it ourselves. Uh, we got a couple through a private partner uh, or a public-private partnership. Uh, we've got a couple of partials downtown. I think are good candidates. Uh, we need to subsidize it, so help off, put in the city dollars to make Project Pencil out. And uh, and then we need to look at our zoning and adjust those adjust those pieces that are stopping development from coming to fruition. Okay, so a lot of it is. And I agree, it's a crisis. Yeah, it's we're definitely in crisis mode for sure. Okay. So from what I kind of gathered from that, a lot of it is, you know, changing sort of some of the zoning regulations and then just finding that space to really do more developments on. Am I understanding that right? Well, part of it is that you've got to change the zoning, but really, I mean, if you look at the math and you look at what it costs to develop a unit versus what the median rent is in that area, it we're in a situation where we are what's considered a stuck market. So what's going to unstick it is to put some public funds in it. And it's taken us a long time as a community to kind of come to peace with that, but it's not just, it's how you make that those units get built. And some of it is the city getting involved directly by putting public funds into projects. Gotcha. Our affordable housing fund was back on the street for the third round, so a million dollars up uh, for developers to apply for. And uh, that just closed on the 17th. So that's, you know, another million dollars that we'll be putting into the housing market. Okay. Now, my next question for you is a question I don't think uh, the candidates have really been asked, and that's why I think it was very good that I actually wrote down this question, is one of the calls that I often get as you know a news person here in town and as someone who covers a lot of things going on is the issue of drugs within the community. Obviously, we've seen a lot of different sort of 
outlets such as the Sitka Police Department, the Juno Police Department, talking about issues with drugs in the community. I think over this weekend uh, we actually posted one about you know someone who was arrested in Sitka for uh, fentanyl. And so, what? How would you try to help tackle that for Juno? It is. It's definitely a, a big problem, and I think sometimes we think, well, you know, we're this captive area where. You can only it can only be coming in two ways, right? You know, we can't even drive in. So how does that continue to be an issue? But it is just, you know, it's a hard thing to sort of the JPD does a great job of tracking and preventing and you know, you see those stories blow up in the news when they do a a big a big bus where they stop a bunch from getting into town. Uh, mail is the other way, but I think part of it is we know that it can't just be enforcement alone. You've got to be putting care as well into your treatment side of things so that you are, uh, you've destigmatized it enough within the community that, uh, so folks can get treatment and get sober and, and be in recovery. And part of the problem for us locally and as a state is that we don't have a ton of those treatment options. Um, and it, it is an improving, you know, uh, as far as some of the work that our nonprofits are doing and the uh, tribe has also uh, gotten into that space. But it's, it's as a community, I think it's just making sure that you're focusing on the treatment side as much as you are the enforcement side but it's a it's a toughie for sure okay so you're saying there needs to be more done sort of focusing also on the rehabilitation aspect not just the criminal the enforcement aspect yeah you're not going to do it and you know that's i'm that's not my area of expertise but that's coming directly from uh our uh, someone in the high impact drug trafficking uh, unit in the state of Alaska. He used to work for the DEA, and he said, "We're not going to enforce our way out of this. You can't do this through enforcement alone. You've got to have that treatment component, and you know you've got to have enough destigmatization that people can get help. You know, because it's it's affecting everybody in our all walks of life in our community. It's you know, gotcha. folks, you know." Right. Now, my next question for you, which you kind of also answered when I asked you the housing question, is sort of what your primary focus is on with your campaign. Like, what is the primary motivator for you? And I know you said housing, but is there any other things that are in that as well? Yeah, I'd I'd put housing at the top of the list, but I think there's a theme sort of to throughout this campaign. You're right. We do get asked the same questions, uh, you know, in different arenas. And uh, for me, it's been housing, child care, and tourism. And I see those three things as uh, it, sort of charting our course, um, potentially preventing us from thriving as much as we could be. So it's important that we not that one, any one of those things is preventing us from thriving, but dialing in all of on on all of those issues so that we're succeeding on all of those issues um, is really going to kind of steer our future as a community. Okay, then among those things, focusing on me with uh, with childcare, how would you tackle that problem? 
Child care, we as a community do support uh, directly through the use of our, we have per child stipends and we have educa- continuing education stipends that the city is directly providing the funding, which kind of stabilizes the pay, which is a low pay for folks who work in that field. Uh, we did get a state grant, which is going to enable us to double those the amount of those stipends. Um, and the the thing that I think that is different from what we are doing now that I'd like to see us pursue is to help secure public public space. So space in a building that we're already using, perhaps, because things that we can do that are cost sustainable over the long term that are going to help bring down the cost of operating for the for the operators themselves that's the way we're going to get new places to open and and the way that we're going to stabilize for uh providers who are already in the business okay because we just need more spots it's the same thing as you know with housing we need more units and for child care, we need more spots. You know, you're not going to move here or stay here if you have kids, if you can't find child care. You know, it's going to send you out of town, and we don't want that. Gotcha. So a lot of it is sort of, I think the word I'm looking for is sort of the allocation of resources to make sure that there is more of that space actually available to put in so there can be more child care in town. Am I understanding that right? Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, be, I mean, I think also from the regulation side, you know, it's not at the municipal level that we're – impacting the child care providers. So it's also important that we be an advocate for them. You know, if they're running into red tape issues at the at the state level, we need to help advocate for that uh, on the city level. Gotcha. Well, on that note, we are going to move into a break. When we come back, I'll talk to you a bit more about that tourism, talk a bit about yourself, and then tackle the other sort of major issue that has come up during this campaign. You are listening to Action Line on KINY with more Action Line on KNY. Joining me still over the phone from the Southeast Conference, I have current Assembly member and candidate for re-election, Alicia Hughes-Scandies. Now, during the first half, I talked to you a lot more about very specific issues, and I want to touch back on one thing uh, you had mentioned during the first half of the show, which was tourism. And so how would you sort of tackle that? Because obviously there's a lot of mixed opinions about tourism throughout town. Some folks really like it. It's very good for their businesses. And then there are other folks who just completely despise tourism and want nothing to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like everything we do on the assembly, you know, there are some issues that rise to that real boiling point. But you find once you get in there that it's a balance. It's always a balancing act because there is that mix of sentiment usually among the community. I think just based on your characterization, yes, we know tourism is uh, an important piece of our economy. Uh, so it's important that we consider that for any management that we do of it. Um, and at the same time, as it's grown over the years and uh, we've come back really strong after the pandemic, that it's important that the year-round experience for the folks who are year-round residents is considered with the same weight, you know, that we consider um, the benefits of tourism. Because the other thing that we've seen happen besides the numbers grow overall is the shoulder season has increased. So 
you know, it's gotten, the ships have gotten earlier and the ships have left later. And so it, I think those factors have really increased the impact that folks are feeling, um, combined with the infrastructure challenges and just, you know, it's a lot of things combining to make it feel like there's just too many people on top of you. We talked last night about whale watching, which is an issue that's important to me. And we got some real, um, some real data showing just how much larger of a whale watching destination we are than lots of other places. But I think in general, if you're looking for uh, an uh, approach, I think my own philosophical approach to tourism is that when we can do things by negotiation instead of legislation, it's in general better in the long term. It's in general a neater solution. Um, But you've got to be prepared to back that up with legislation if you are not getting what you need fast enough or you are not getting what you need, period. So that's sort of the the approach that I think we need to take. So we got the, an example of the negotiation would be the five ship limit. But if we're not pleased with what we're getting, then we need to negotiate something more stringent than that. Um, so that's kind of my, my philosophical approach, but I'll let you ask more specific questions if you want. No, I think you were, were pretty thorough with the, the tourism question because it, it sounds a lot of like we need to just continue to maintain, you know, finding that right balance with it, which I kind of thought was going to be the answer. That seems to have been sort of the trend with the answers I've been getting. So I want to move on to the next question, which is the, as I put it in another interview, the proverbial elephant in the room, even though it's a very obvious one, which is the conversation around City Hall and it being back on the ballot again this year. It's a building in the room. It is a building in the room, yes. <laughs> It's a building we want to be in the room. Yeah. So, so I'm, I, I voted to put City Hall on the ballot. And obviously we've received a lot of public input about that and how the perception that caused, or, you know, the, I won't say the perception that caused, the, the way it made folks feel. Uh, they did not feel heard to have it on the ballot after back-to-back years. Uh the reason that, and I'm going to vote yes, uh, I do support City Hall. I think there are solid reasons to support a new City Hall. And they're primarily, they're financial. It is going to save us public money. It's going to save the taxpayers money the sooner that we own a building that fits all of our employees in and the sooner we stop paying rent all over town. So the extent of the repairs that we need on a building that only fits some of our employees, it just really felt like we are like, well, let's sharpen the pencil and let's see if we can improve this proposition for the voters and let's go out there and tell the story one more time and really just in an attempt to save folks money because it felt like it would just be wasting so much public money to do these very expensive repairs on this building that it's still going to result in us paying rent. You know, there was no commercial rental space that we could say, 
we just felt like we really looked at all the options. And by putting money towards the project and with the debt that we have coming off the books is not going to increase the mill rate. So it seemed like a winning proposition and, and we wanted to, to give the voters a chance to vote on it again. Okay. And I think one of the other things that I've heard a lot about this situation is some folks feel like it's an issue of transparency, where the fact that it's on the ballot again so quickly, and I think you kind of touched on that with that, you know, getting that public feedback from folks. Did you, do you think that that plays a bit of a role in that, where it's like because it was so fast, people are like, oh, well, where's the, where's the transparency in the situation? Yeah, and I've heard transparency, and I will say that, you know, when you're a public official and you, someone says things aren't feeling transparent, that's obviously the worst feeling in the world. It, it, we are for the people of the people, and we want Juno to feel represented. Uh, I someone asked me a question, and they said, "Would you would you vote the same way, having heard all the pushback? Would you still vote to put it on the ballot the way it was?" And my regret about the way the actual night went down was that we had a packed agenda that night. And we had some public testimony in the chambers, and it was against putting it back on the ballot. And no one, no one objected for the purposes of a comment to explain why we were doing it. Uh, so if I could do it again, I would, I would do that. But I would still vote the same way to put it back on the ballot. And I will say, as far as the actual the reality of do I feel like we've been transparent in this process, we did we did all of that work in public meetings. Every But the assembly, what I hear from that when people say it lacks transparency is that we have work to do as an assembly to make the assembly process less, uh, less hard to follow, to make it basically to make it easier to follow, to make it uh, clearer to folks that the work happens in the committee and you know when by the time something gets to the assembly for a vote you know we've probably seen it five times as it's worked its way through various committees so i do feel like we did the the work in in public meetings and we had plenty of meetings in the year in between about city hall so uh what i hear transparency it tells me okay we've got to do a better job of breaking down our process so that it's easy for everybody to follow. Gotcha. Now, I do have one more question that hopefully we can get a good bit out of because I don't have too much time left in truth, which is sort of talk to me a bit about you and why you've chosen to run again. Sure. Yeah, well, I'll try to keep it relatively brief. You know, it's been a real privilege for me to be on the Assembly in the last four years. And I really initially ran because Juno has given me so much and I wanted to ensure that the it would keep being a place that was so full of opportunity and I wanted to do it as a way to give back. And, you know, I'm running now for, while that's still at the heart of it, I feel like I have experience to bring to the table. I feel like I'm personally invested as a, a young adult who wants to continue living here, you know, wants to be able to buy a house here, wants to know that there's childcare spot if I have a child and um, wants to have a, a, a balance where tourism feels sustainable. 
you know, I feel like I have experience to bring to all these issues we're facing. And I still have that love for the community, that personal investment. And uh, so I wanted to continue giving that to the to the town. Gotcha. I think that was actually perfectly succinct because we are about to be out of time, but we might have to go just a little bit more chatty, which is fine. That is kind of just how things are sometimes. And so I think the last thing I just wanted would to sort of note here, and I, this is more so of a jokey note, you did forget the by the people part when you're doing the for the people of the people. You forgot the by the people, but that's fine. I'm not going to ding you for that. I just thought it was funny. And I, would, <laughs> I, I got myself off because I thought, you know what, this is getting speechified. I tried to limit the speechifying. I, I heard it in my head. I know that I know they're saying, Jordan. Oh, I know. I just thought it was a funny thing to acknowledge. And I guess, you know, on that note, we will wrap it up. I do like to thank you for taking some time to chat with me. I know you're at Southeast Conference. I know that's quite important. So definitely, uh, once you get back, uh, bring me some notes from what happened down there. Will do. Lots of lots of good data and connections here. Alrighty. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up. You've all been listening to Action Line on KINY. All Great. right.